Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night, John Katsimatidis, and TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. My God, it's about time it's Friday. And this is a TriCast. It's, uh, the broadcasting station is AB, WABC 770 on your dial, WABC Radio dot com and it's on AM nine seventy the answer and on WLIR and uh, in the studio today we only have Democrats the Democrats are working the Republicans went home <laughs> we have uh, Judge Richard Weinberg we have Governor David Patterson and my sidekick uh, Lydia Serrani and uh, I hear Lydia I hear we have a great show today tell us what we have. Absolutely. We're going to start off with Philip Banks. He is the deputy mayor of New York City for public safety. And we'll talk about everything going on in the city from crime to, uh, you know, what's going on in Albany. Larry Kudlow. We had the latest jobs report. A lot going on there. Michael Gardner of the MTA. And then, of course, Dr. Peter Mikolos. And we're also going to have a little snippets from Dick Morris, Gordon Chang. So definitely from news from uh, around the block to around the world. Well, I understand the deputy mayor is on uh, the phone. Yes, we have the deputy mayor, Philip Banks. He's on the line with us right now. He's a retired law enforcement officer who also served the NYPD as chief of department. Hello, deputy mayor. Hello. Hello, John. How are you doing? I am doing good. It was good to see you last night. I have uh, Governor Patterson and... uh, and uh, Judge Richard Weinberg and all three of us, we, we, we felt good to see you and we're glad you're with us today. And um, how was your day? My day is fine. My day is well. I was just leaving Harlem. I uh, had a community meeting about some, uh, some areas up there that we're looking to uh, have a multi-agency approach to solving some of the issues that's taking place on 125th Street. So it was uh, very good. I met with the former prosecutor. We talked about, you know, these bail reform laws and public safety got good advice from him. Uh, it's a great day, Governor. Well, Deputy, uh, good to, yeah. well, Governor, uh, good to talk to you, uh, Deputy Mayor. Wondered because um, uh, uh, my office is in the Teresa Hotel from uh, you know my office at uh, Toro University, and 125th Street has been a really dangerous place lately. <laughs> and strangely enough, even in the high crime periods uh decades ago it wasn't like that so i'm really glad that you are uh, addressing it now yes yes it's something that we've been thinking about for a long time actually before uh, the mayor actually uh was uh had the uh the, when the general election he was talking about looking at areas like 125th Street, 125th and lexington and how do you bring all the agencies together to work together out of there so we can have like a multi-approach to it so we don't have to say, hey, that's a sanitation issue. We have the person right next to us. Hey, get this person here. Talk to that business owner. Do we need more garbage cans over here? Is this stop light out? So we put some extra paint there. And, of course, the, the key, the, the, the six man is always input from the community. And, and I, I, I understand, Deputy Mayor, I understand uh, uh, our district attorney, Bragg, lives, lives up in that neighborhood. Doesn't he realize that those people are getting killed and they're suffering because of all the crime? Uh, I have a very good relationship with the uh, with the district attorney. Uh, we have a monthly meeting. We discuss a lot of different issues with him and the other four district attorneys. And uh, we believe together as a city we're going to be making uh, a lot of progress. Of course, there are differences, and that's healthy. Um, and we are, of course, trying to convince all the district attorneys to see things our way as they are, but I think we're making a lot of progress with the five, including the sixth district attorney, which is uh, Bridget. So, the special uh, narcotics prosecutor. Uh, special narcotics prosecutor, yes. I feel like the special one. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that we are going to uh, make a lot of progress for the uh, citizens of the city. And uh, the budget bill is being, and that, uh, being processed this weekend and Monday again. Uh, tell us, sometimes they hide things in the budget bill. And do you think they'll be able to reform the the bail law a little bit at least to to, to keep New York safer? 
you, listen, the, the, the governor, the governor Patterson, he, he knows that a hundred times better than me that particular process. I was up in Albany um, two days this week, uh, met with a lot of different legislators. Um, we explained our position. Um, we let them know that some of the areas that we've looked at and we think the evidence supports some of the changes that need to be made. We met, we met the, the current governors. Uh, people, we let them know the Adams administration and Eric's position. Um, it was some great conversation. <laughs> hopefully, they listened. I certainly listened to them and learned a lot. And uh, hopefully, they listened so when we could uh, make some positive movements. Well, I pray and I hope uh, they do the right thing by Monday when they, they process the budget bill. And what else would you like to talk to all New Yorkers about? You're responsible for, tell us what departments you're responsible for. Uh, well, you know, um, Eric Adams is upon being elected, and that prior to that, he was just thinking about how do you just coordinate and just make city government streamline it and make it more efficient. So he came up with the concept of having a deputy mayor of public safety. Now, every city agency reports to a deputy mayor in some form or fashion, uh, but he says take all of the public safety agencies and just put them under, let's say, one umbrella that, that we can all talk coordinate, sync, and and then have one clear vision to keep New York safe. So those agencies are the NYPD, uh, the fire department, correction, department of probation, uh, Office Mark J, Office of Criminal Justice and Reform. And then there's a couple of units that are embedded in other units, um, the Sheriff's Department, you know, Hilton Hospitals and Parks Police. So all of these different agencies, we're all working together. We're trying to coordinate our resources, our intelligence, our technology, and uh, looking to see how we can just create this ecosystem of public safety. And part of that, John, is I want to bring up is that, you know, if you go back and uh, I, I use a lot of sports analogies, a lot of people know, Brett Allback created the concept of the six man. And there's no success you're going to have in public safety unless the six man gets involved. And the six man is the community. And they've always been sitting there telling everybody, put us in, coach, put us in. And if you choose to put them in, you can deliver this ecosystem of public safety. If you choose not to put them in, not to listen, not to take their contributions, not to see it from their angle, um, then you could have a tougher challenge than you need. So my philosophy has always been the six man, come on in. Because you're an instrument, I can't do it without you. And any success I've ever had in law enforcement has been because of the community getting involved. When I say the community, the elected officials, the religious communities, the educational community, the student community, get involved. Tell me how I need to see it from your perspective. You see it from my perspective, then we can deliver this 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 better this better cake for us all to be able to enjoy. Well, that's a good and, idea. Uh, and, and me and Governor Patterson and Judge Weinberg and myself and Lydia Serrano, uh, every day at 5 o'clock, we're here yelling and screaming about we want eight and a half million New Yorkers want to be safe, and that we should worry about eight and a half million New Yorkers before we worry about three thousand. And that, that number was given to me by uh, the uh, uh, commissioner of uh, of the NYPD and the chief of detectives. Three thousand violent criminals that, if they were put away that New York City will be safe. And the, uh, the other answer I say that, well, it used to be three strikes and you're out. What is it now? Is it uh, three? Is it five? Is it 10? Is it 14? Before we realize that these people are not, you know, they're not a peaceful, loving people. And Deputy Mayor Banks, I'm sure you're frustrated, too, to hear about another child being killed. The 25th, the 12-year-old in East Flatbush sitting there just eating something in a car, and he gets caught in the crossfire, similar to what we saw happen to that 11-month-old girl who was shot in the face in the Bronx. We're just tired, you know, I'm sure you're tired of hearing about innocent people being killed by career let's, criminals, gangbangers. Let's keep, let's keep our kids in the inner city. Let's keep – no, I've worked for the Police Athletic League, uh, and you're familiar with it very much. Uh, you know, I've seen you there. We've been together there. Uh, let's keep the kids of the inner city safe because they deserve to be safe. I don't want those kids shot. And if I may, if I may say so, uh, Deputy Mayor, it's, uh, it's Richard Weinberg. I, I have to say you, you and uh, Mayor Adams are doing a great job by reconstituting the uh, – anti-crime unit 
to take care of getting guns off the street. You're also committed to bringing back, even though people criticize you for it, but you're right, the broken windows theory about going after quality of life crime. Absolutely. All we're doing here, uh, Deputy Mayor, is uh, giving you some suggestions and things that you use in Albany to remind them in Albany that our kids in the inner city deserve to be safe. They do deserve to be safe. I could not agree with you more. And I was at the scene yesterday of this 12-year-old. Uh, I mean, think of it. it was a seven-year-old in the back seat. Right. You know, God bless the day where she was unarmed. A life, and we are a better city than this. You know, we are a better we are a better city than this. And uh, call me optimistic, cautiously though it may be, that um, there are better days ahead, real soon for us. And, and we, if we work together, we can uh, we can achieve it. We need, but we need to do it sooner than later. Because, we stand, uh, we stand by your side, side by side for safety in our city. We stand by Mayor Adams, side by side for safety in the city. And uh, please save our kids. And that's my comment. And we we stand by your side. I mean, nobody I wants to see it. like what happened. Uh, you know, bail reform needed to be reformed, right? It needed reform. We, somebody shouldn't be sitting on Rikers for years. Nobody should be sitting at Rikers for years. We agree with years. that. Hundred percent. But the bottom line is, we deserve to be safe, and we talk about the black and, and brown talk, suspects and, and criminals. But what about the, violent, the victims? The yeah. violent criminals. Yeah, the black and brown victims who are make up the majority of victims. Correct, give, Deputy Mayor. And give the judges discretion to hold people in who are dangerous. We're the only uh, state in the entire country, Mr. Deputy Mayor, as well, you know. I'll, I'm going to let, let the deputy – any last comment, Deputy Mayor, and I'll let you go no, back well, to – listen, I appreciate the support. Uh, I listen. I report back. We all put this into it. And I'm just, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic that we can. And this man, we got a city to save. And these kids, these, these kids deserve a lot better. And uh, and the mayor is just committed to uh, ensuring – If Mayor uh, Adams – if that, Mayor Adams – uh, the the nation's mayors are looking for him for leadership uh, for the other democratic cities in in the country. And if yeah. Mayor Adams uh, uh, makes our, our country safer, we're going to build a big statue in his honor. <laughs> Stop building it. It's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much and have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you, John. Governor, your honor. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. So you. Much. Thank you. You know, uh, let's, John, yes, John, just also one of the reasons, too, why we're seeing a crime wave happening is because of drugs. And now the House just uh, voted to legalize marijuana on the federal level. That is crazy. I, I, I hope the Senate has a lot more common sense than that, because we're going to make all our people a bunch of druggies. And then you had three House Republicans who joined, and those three Republicans were Representative Matt Gates of Florida, Brian oh Mass of Florida, and Tom McGlintock of California. Meanwhile, two Democratic reps, they, they didn't join, uh, Henry Culler of Texas well, and Matt Chris Well, Matt Gates is a friend of my daughter's. You better tell my daughter that uh, he voted for marijuana. To legalize it. And it's, a, it's not only a gateway no, drug, Judge Weinberg. It's, look, it's, I've never heard of such a bad idea in my life. Number one, it's a gateway drug to other drugs. Number two, young kids smoking marijuana, it destroys the brain cells, and the brain is not formed till 26. When, when you're 12, 14, Correct. 16, 18, they, they destroy their brains, and, and they end up being, how do you say, morons. And Governor Patterson, what do you think? Well, after the vote now, it's a gateway drug. Because he voted for it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, by the way, uh, we, we, I talked to Gordon Chang before, and we have a little bit of a tidbit to play. Uh, is that tidbit ready? Yes. Uh, and that's going to be on Sunday's show, but it's scary stuff what's going on in the Pacific. Uh, what else is going on? I understand there's a problem in the Solomon Islands. Wasn't that part of yes. uh, uh, what our Marines took over? That's right. Um, the Solomon Islands include Guadalcanal, where the capital of the country is located. And there was, uh, um, from March 25th, a leak of a draft security agreement between the Solomons and China, which is so broad that it would allow China to establish a military base in the island nation. Um, today, the prime minister of the Solomon Islands, Sogavari, um, actually denied that he would permit China to establish a permanent facility, but nobody really believes that denial. Um, China actually, over the last couple of years, has done its best to destabilize um, the island nation, and that has permitted the prime minister, who was very pro-Beijing, to call in the Chinese um, to maintain order there. So this is a 
This is sacred territory for the U.S. Marines and the U.S. Army and the U.S. Navy. And this is also true throughout the Pacific, where China is making fast inroads into these nations and destabilizing them. And the Solomon Islands, how far away from, from the South Seas uh, where China is trying to challenge us? Well, the Solomons are southeast of uh, the South China Sea, um, a thousand or so miles. Um, but they're very close to Australia. And the reason why they're strategic today is because they would cut off lines of communication and lines of supply between the United States and our, our treaty ally, Australia, and our treaty friend, New Zealand. So that's why we that's Americans serious. That's are serious. concerned. Bye. Well, that was an interview with Gordon G. Chang, and uh, he's always excellent. He's always good, and he's always right on spot. I mean, we talk about the Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. We need a, a report from the Pacific, and that's what Gordon uh, provided. And the full interview will be played on Sunday, Cats Roundtable. And something else happened today in Staten Island. Uh, the Staten Island Ferry Hawks uh, got a new sponsor that's going to be, and the stadium is going to be renamed. So let's go to this interview, and it's only about three minutes. Let's hit it. We have breaking news today in Staten Island. The Staten Island with the Ferry Hawks has a new name for the stadium. And with us today is the uh, uh, head of the hospital, the executive director, uh, Dr. Brahim Ardalik. And uh, how are you this afternoon, uh, doctor? I'm doing great, John. I'm actually really excited to be a part of the of the Ferry Hawks family. Really great day. Well, congratulations. You have renamed the stadium uh, uh, on behalf of the hospital. And tell all of uh, our audience, all in New York, all about it. Well, you know, uh, uh, Staten Island University Hospital has been taking care of the community of Staten Island since the Civil War, and we're incredibly excited uh, to be a part of this, uh, bringing baseball back to Staten Island. Uh, and really uh, bringing this park to the community of Staten Island. And we all know how incredibly important having a place like that is. So we're very proud uh, that the new name of the ballpark uh, will actually be the Staten Island University Hospital Community Park. Well, that, that, that is a wonderful uh, situation. And, and how you've been serving Staten Island for how long? Since the Civil War, since the 1850s. Wow. Wow. And, and tell us also, uh, are you part of which uh, hospital system? So we're a very proud part of the Northwell Health Hospital System. Uh, Northwell Health is the largest provider of healthcare services uh, to the state of New York. Uh, we have a tremendous footprint that covers uh, all of the uh, New York City area, going east uh, all the way into Suffolk, going north into uh, northern Westchester uh, in Manhattan, and uh, through the rest of the city and into Staten Island. It's uh, it's. It gives us incredible ability to treat um, uh, the people of New York, and we're very, very proud to be a part of that uh, team that has taken such a huge uh, leadership presence on Staten Island in our own community. And so your partners now with the Ferry Hawks, and I understand there's a further partnership as far as there'll be backup ambulances at every baseball game, and you'll be able to tell, take care of the people of Staten Island or any visitors that come in. Uh, as far as if they get sick during the game, is that right? Absolutely, uh, you can feel uh, you can feel safe and rest assured. Uh, if you come to a Ferry Hawks game, there'll be an ambulance at every game, and there'll actually be uh, an emergency physician or some kind of a doctor at every single game uh, here to take care of you. If there was something to happen, uh, we can take very good care of you, uh, and you will get the best possible care. Well, I look forward to meeting your team over there because I'm going to be there opening day, and and. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of WABC people are going to be there opening day. And we're, and the Yankees, who are partners in, our, in the entire deal, they're going to be there that day. And they're going to be broadcasting it uh, on the Yes Network. We're going to be broadcasting it on WABC. So I look forward to all working together. And we will catch up again for lunch again real soon. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity to be a part of this. Uh, we really look forward to bringing this wonderful thing to Staten Island together. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, thank you, Doctor, and we'll catch, like I said, we'll catch up. God bless you. Take care. Bye-bye.
Well, that was a good deal that the uh, Ferry Hawks have done. And uh, we're going to take a break. And I understand we're, we're coming back. With we two. still got a great show. We still got Larry Kudlow. He's up after the break. Then Michael Gardner of the MTA. And then, of course, Dr. Peter Mikolo. So great show. Still and he's ahead. got some revelations. Absolutely. So keep it right here. W-A-B-C. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show, where here we can say ladies and gentlemen, unlike at Disney, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Larry Cudlow. We're not going to say him and hers? Yeah. What, no, you're not allowed to say what that. What is going on with the economy? I mean, you're the, one of the country's leading economists. And there was a jobs number today. The interest rates are going up and down. Tell all Americans what's going on. I got to tell Americans how much trouble Lydia's in. Dreamers of all ages. Uh, You can't say prince or princess anymore. You go, girl. (laughs) Uh, Look at, um, we had a very strong jobs report today. And, um, I like the fact that working folks are working, and there's no two ways about it. And you have a 6.3% unemployment rate, which is historically very low. With revisions, uh, non-farm payrolls are up 526,000. That's a big number. Uh, The household employment was up 736,000. That's your small businesses. Uh, Participation rate was up. Employment population ratio and wages are up. If you count it properly, earnings, average hourly earnings times hours worked, wages are actually rising about 12% over the last 12 months. That's a big number. And even though inflation is cutting into that, uh, there's still real wages are still positive. So it's a strong number. And you kind of have to scratch your head and ask yourself, with these good jobs numbers and low unemployment, which is devoutly to be wished for under normal circumstances, why would Joe Biden put out a budget that raises taxes 36 times, 11 times raising taxes on fossil fuels, and going after the confiscation of wealth through taxing unrealized capital gains? I mean, he's attacking the businesses that hire the workers, and he's attacking the investors who come up with the new technologies and innovations that make America great. And he's also attacking the fossil fuel companies that would get us out of this oil mess. So I don't understand the budget. And all I'll say is I love prosperity, but why do you want to undermine the prosperity by jacking up taxes on everything that moves? I try to be as nice as I can to President Biden, but he has no clue. (laughs) He has no clue. You're being very kind. I, I think I am. And uh, uh, North America should be energy independent. He's releasing releasing 180 million uh, barrels of oil, which all that means is we don't have any strategic backup for our country if we had a problem. And Senator yeah, Sullivan, Senator Sullivan was on the show last night, Larry, and he pointed out mm-hmm. when you deplete the oil reserves, as Biden is going to do, when you have to replace it, you have to pay more. For that, because you, you our have, average cost was thirty dollars a barrel for the oil reserves, and we might have to pay a hundred dollars a barrel to replace it. So and Larry, why is that good economics? And Larry, I got a good line for you. Senator Sullivan said, "If you got grandmas in Ukraine that can stand up to the Russian tanks and they're armed with their machine guns, I'm elaborating." You and meanwhile, our president can't stand up to the woke mob because that's all he's doing with the transgender visibility day with Senator Pelosi, uh, Speaker Pelosi, which she said yesterday, "Don't allow our." gas crisis uh, dissuade you from what we're trying to do here. We're trying to save the planet. Why Why can't our politicians stand up to this radical left and say, stop, we have to worry about Americans being able to put food on the table? Well, those are good questions. Look, you know, some of these numbers, first of all, he's depleting a third of the strategic reserves for political price fixing. That's all it is. And it's not going to work. I mean, his six months, 180 million barrels a day, world demand 
in six months will be about 18 billion barrels per day. Okay, it's 186 million versus 18 billion. So it's a drop in the bucket. Uh, And, you know, the strategic reserve is there in case you have a national emergency, such as hurricanes blowing up, let's say, Texas oil fields in the Permian. Rick, uh, 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 former energy secretary, Rick Perry, was on our show, and he was saying, you know, this thing starts uh, in a couple of months, not not quickly, by the way, there's a lot of paperwork. But meanwhile, it's going to hit right during the hurricane season in Texas when you might need strategic reserves because all the wells are being shut down. Or consider this. We're negotiating for some crazy reason. We're negotiating a new treaty, nuclear treaty with Iran. What if Iran lobs bombs at Saudi Arabian oil fields and oil is cut off? That's what the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is supposed to do, not some cheap political trick to somehow get gasoline prices down for 25 minutes. So this is very, very bad policy. And John is right. I mean, we should be North American energy independent. We have the resources to do it. And there's this bait and switch game going on. I mean, you saw Biden yesterday at his presser. So once again, he blasts the oil companies, well, they have all these leases. The trouble is you can have a lease. You don't know if the lease is going to produce any oil and gas, but you can have a lease, but you need a permit. And the whole problem here is that between FERC, Interior, and Energy, and EPA, they're not giving permits out. So the leases are worthless. And with an administration that's regulating and taxing fossil fuels to death, these companies do not want to make long-term investments. And that's what we need is long-term investments. And we could supply the whole bloody world with liquefied natural gas and, you know, stop the dirty coal in China and India, for example, if we had a sensible policy. But we don't. It's just cheap political price fixing. And it's completely wrong and utterly baffling, utterly baffling. We had Secretary – we had uh, uh, former Ambassador and uh, Consul General John Prado on yesterday – and uh, we had uh, uh, Dan Sullivan, the, uh, the senator from Alaska, and we got a ton of oil. We got a hundred years worth of oil, and that's not counting the Arctic Ocean. So yes. North America could yes. be free. I mean, free, you know, it could be energy free and not dependent on anybody. But President Biden does not want us to be energy free. So somebody should ask the question why. And then Jay Sankey says that, oh, uh, or John Kerry said it, that uh, the fact is, oh, we're going to have a problem. Well, the problem, the ocean rises by a half an inch in a hundred years from now. We may not get to a hundred years from now if we keep going the way we're going. You know, that's the other thing. What is not proven And I'm including these U.N. reports on the climate. There is no immediate existential climate risk. None. And, you know, good analysts like Bjorn Lomborg and um, Steve Koonin, the worst case scenario coming out of the latest U.N. climate report. This is the worst case. No innovation, no technological advances and so forth is that you'd have in the next hundred years. 4% 4% lower GDP, 4% lower. That's over 100 years. So instead of being super, 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 super rich, would be slightly less rich. That's the worst case. There is no immediate climate threat. And uh, this is an ideologically driven climate threat. And it's doing great damage to us. And um, I hate to see him deplete the strategic reserves because, as I say, This is a matter of economic and national security that he's playing with. And it's very irresponsible just to make some cheap political points on the guest. And that's all it's about. That's all it's about. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's a big nothing burger. Stop raising taxes. Stop attacking fossil fuels. Enjoy the prosperity, which Donald Trump handed to Joe Biden, except Biden had to double the stimulus. So we do have an 8% inflation rate that's going higher. I'm sorry. It's wrong policies. But but keep the faith, everybody. The cavalry is coming. <laughs> Larry Kudlow, thank you for everything you've done for our country and continue to do for our country and speaking out. 
Uh, God bless you. God bless America. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, uh, let's take a break. And who do we have? We are going to be hearing from Michael Garner of the MTA. And we'll be. Oh, we were at a great event last night. We were with uh, Governor Patterson and Judge Weinberg. And uh, I went too. And uh, we'll talk about it. And then, of course, Dr. Mikolos, he's always got some great revelations. And maybe Dick Morris might call it. Absolutely. So keep it right here. Stay connected 24-7. Join the conversation. Like 77 WABC on Facebook. WABC Traffic and Transit. In Brooklyn, the BQE, a disabled vehicle blocking the right lane, I-278 eastbound on Atlantic Avenue. Cross Bronx traffic backed up. Southbound between White Plains Road and Westchester Avenue in Queens Bell Parkway. An accident is now cleared westbound at Erskine Street. Checking the bridges and tunnels right now inbound on the in George Washington Bridge, upper level 15 to 20, lower 15 to 20 outbound. We have heavy delays. All side parking rules in effect. I'm Bob Brown with your 77 WABC Traffic and Transit Update. John Welcome back to the John Katz-Matidis Cats at Night Show. Right now we have on the line for us Michael Gardner. He is the Chief Diversity Officer at the MTA. And you guys had a great night out last night, right, Michael? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, John Katz-Matidis, and I'll say this about John Margo and the Katz-Matidis family. Um, There's only going to be two people who are going to be guaranteed a seat in heaven. One is Danny Thomas for what he he has done with St. Jude Hospital out in Memphis, and the second is going to be John Kasmatidis <laughs> of what he had, what he 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 does consistently for a New Yorkers, being a booster and helping where the need is, and and he does it all by not saying a word about it. Tell us, uh, tell us about the one hundred uh, black men and all the good things they do for New York City for our kids in the inner city, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Yeah, so, so thank you, John. So we, years ago, about 10 years ago, we, we saw that um, seven zip codes in the city of New York were, uh, was where 40% of the upstate prison population uh, came from. And so we vowed to build a all-boys school in each one of those zip codes, and it's, it's called the Eagle Academy. We're graduating 96% of those kids, and we and 94% are going to college. And so we uh, equipped those kids with college scholarships, uh, John, um, based, based upon the generosity of you, uh, of, of, of donating 125000 this time, 100000 four years ago. So your, 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 your generosity is incredible because a lot of our kids – uh, they are mired in poverty. They they come from a one parent household. They need mentoring. They need to be guided in, in, into academics. And so, with with you um, donating uh, funds for college scholarships, it is a godsend. And thank you very much. Well, my pleasure. I came from Harlem. I worry about those inner city kids for uh, forty years with the Police Athletic League. Me and Bob Morgenthau are worried about those kids, and and I'm glad uh, you guys are. Uh, we're all working together to help those kids. They deserve a break. They deserve success. Uh, and uh, uh, I think that's the, one of the most important things is to take care of these kids. Look, I care about people in Central America, South America, uh, Africa, but let's take care of our own kids first. And then, you know, yes. And, yes, I, I, I totally agree with you. Now, those Eagle Academies did so well. Uh, uh, the uh, Mr. Banks uh, from the Eagle Academy now became the head of the uh, uh, of the schools. Chancellor. Superintendent. Chancellor. 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 Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. And that's tell, tell us about that's the Eagle that's that's Schools a little bit. So, and how do if people donate to Eagle Schools if they want to help them? Yes, so so there there's a school once again in every borough, and they can certainly reach out to me, and I can guide them uh, as to how they, they can donate to the Eagle Academies. And my email address is m garner m g a r n e r at o h b m dot org. Once again, m garner g a r n e r at o h b m dot org, and 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 we will certainly tell you how 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 the listening audience can donate to the, to the Eagle Academy and also the 100 Black Men. And, and so education and then, and then college scholarships. So, I, Michael, uh, it's David Patterson here. Uh, 
you came with us in 2007, 2008. We really turned around the state procurement in terms of contracts to minority and women-owned businesses and also yes. added banking insurance and the sales of securities and bonds to that. But yes. what was so interesting about it was that we didn't really take business away from anyone. What there was was so much waste, so many companies that were getting money from the state but really weren't doing anything. Once we cleaned them out, there was room for everybody. Absolutely. And, 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 and Governor Patterson, i, I got to tell you, the seeds that you planted back during your term as governor – is still yielding results. As a matter of fact, last week the MTA awarded Siebert Bradford Shank. That's that's the company that 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 the investment banking firm that Bill uh, Thompson works for. We awarded them a one billion dollar bond deal, and that was because you started focusing on this during your your term as governor. And so uh, at at the MTA, I'm pleased to announce, based upon your vision of, of hiring me and bringing in a team, we have turned the MTA around. We're ranked number one out of 97 New York State agencies and authorities. We paid a total of $1.5 billion to minority women-owned firms last year. $1.5 billion we paid. And, and, and the reason why that, that, that is great, Governor um, uh, Patterson, is because access to contracts equals job creation in, in the black and brown communities, uh, home ownership opportunities, better education option and healthcare option. So thank you for your uncanny vision of, of planting those seeds, hiring Paul Williams, who focused on the investment banking side and the, and the legal side. So your, so your seeds are still yielding results. Wow. Uh, Michael Gardner, uh, thank you. There's only one thing we have to do with the MTA is make the New York City subway safe. And, and right. I think Eric Adams is uh, helping a lot, and uh, we hope it happens. Yes, Yes, he is. And, and, and once again, um, John, uh, as I indicated, I started. There's only two people who's guaranteed a seat in heaven, you and Danny Thomas. Thank you. For oh, my you. God. Thank and you Martin so much. Too. And uh, okay. thank you so much. And uh, uh, you do a great job. And uh, God bless you. And have a great weekend. Thank you, John. You too. Uh, I what I appreciate it is that he said I had vision. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Well, how come the judge led us around last night instead of <laughs> yeah, me and you? The vision ran out. What, what did they call? Oh Somebody called and yelled, talked about us yesterday and said, two blind mice. I know. Oh, <laughs> two blind mice. All right. Let's go. Uh, Dick Morris called before, and and Sandra, we got him on the phone now. Let's hit with Dick Morris. With us now is Dick Morris, a strategist for Bill Clinton, a strategist for Donald Trump, both presidents, and he is one smart guy, and... Uh, Let's hear what he has to say this uh, today. Uh, Dick Morris, what's going on? Hey, John. So um, China and Russia met yesterday, and they agreed that they would work together to dethrone the United States as the leader of the world. They said they wanted to diversify, which is okay, and democratize, which is BS, because they're dictators, the leadership of the world. And they said that they do not want America to be the leader. And that's so, five and a half billion people that are ruled by dictatorships versus two and a half billion people ruled by uh, the leadership is the United States of America. But it's Joe Biden. So what chance yeah. do, does the free world have? Well, I have, this, I have a solution for it. I have a secret weapon that we can use against China. Doesn't kill anybody. But there has been, you know how China, uh, you know how Russia is able to jerk Europe's chain because it provides 40% of the gas that Europe uses. So Europe is reluctant to be aggressive uh, against uh, Russia in the invasion of Ukraine because they're afraid Russia will cut off its oil, its energy. Now, yeah, but I, if I was Russia, I'd be afraid that China would come over and take over the whole Siberia. But the United States produces 40% of the world's natural gas. We're the leading producer. And we could easily use that as a total form of leverage over China. The reason we haven't in the past is that until 10 years ago, it was illegal for American companies to export natural gas. 
wanted to keep prices down in the U.S. But they, they, they made it illegal. And the problem is that you don't have a pipeline running under the Pacific and the Atlantic. So, Well, you know what it's called? About, it's so easy Trump to build about, it across the Bering Sea. So Trump said about building liquefied natural gas plants, which take the gas and turn it into a liquid, and you can put it on a barge and send it anywhere in the world. And as a result, the United States has gone from providing about 4% of China's gas five years ago to providing 22% of China's gas today. And Europe provides 40%, Russia provides 40% of Europe's gas. The only way, to, the other way to screw China is if, if Biden says no more electric cars and, and they're depending on us to make all the money on batteries. Yeah, that's true. But this is major, John. It would uh, absolutely cripple the Russian economy. And uh, Europe has said that they're going to uh, stop being dependent on Russian gas. And over the next two years, they're basically going to replace Russia with us because of our liquefied natural gas. Dick Morris, are you going to be talking about at noontime on Sunday on your show uh, between 12 and 1 on WABCradio.com? I will lay out a full program to defeat China in the coming conflict in the globe. I will be listening, and thank you. Uh, Let's tell the, we'll tell the whole story at noontime to 1 o'clock, WABCradio.com, 770 on your dial and you'll get the, the scoop on how we're going to defeat China. Thank you so much, Dick Morris. That was a very a little interesting tidbit there. Dick Morris always has a great show on Sunday, so definitely I highly recommend you listen to that. Coming up, we will be speaking with Dr. Peter Mikolos. He has some new revelations. Also, we'll be talking about the reversal of Title 42. That's the whole Trump-era law regarding immigration Things are about to get even more out of control at our southern southern border. You don't want to miss this, what we're going to be talking about. Keep it right here, WABC. Keep listening for more entertaining and informative opinions from Judge Janine Pirro. Talk Radio 77 WABC. You're commuting home with Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis on 77 WABC. We're back. Uh, this is John Katsimatidis and TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. And it's Friday. We must be talking to Dr. Peter Michalos and find out what new revelations he has in uh, medicine. Uh, how are you, uh, Dr. Michalos? I'm doing great, team. Uh, just today we're going to talk about how we're going to figure out how to die young at an old age. We want to die in the best possible shape we're in and the, as far away as possible. And now we know that uh, we really need to label aging as a disease because most of the diseases that occur happen because we age, like dementia, cancer, cardiovascular diseases. And we also know after dealing with a pandemic and coronavirus, most of the people who died were a lot older. So if we can figure out how to slow down our biological age, we can live longer. 150,000 people a day die on earth every day, but over 100,000 of them are diseases related to aging. So uh, the first studies, the first thing you can um, learn about living longer, we learned in a study by Dr. Clive McKay in 1930. And what we learned is that when you fed rats a lot less, they lived about 30 to 40% longer. And if you gave them, for example, the equivalent in a human of 2,000 calories and they picked all day, they died much faster. But if they only ate it once a day, they live a lot longer. And that's why intermittent fasting seems to work in improving people's health, blood counts, and improving aging. So, now, now uh, we less talk, than, we, Doctor, we talked about 16 hours of fasting. And is 18 better? Tell us about that. Yeah, it could be better. Actually, the uh, the, the the cultures that have, uh, in the Judeo-Christian cultures that have fasting, and they actually can measure people's blood tests, and we can actually measure somebody's genetic, uh, epigenetic, biological age, and you can actually see that at day three, 
that's when your body actually goes into overdrive and it starts even producing cell, stem cells and going into repair because it says, listen, we got to be strong, we got to fight, we have to prepare for disease, something's going is on, that, we're not that, getting food. Is that three consecutive days of 18 hours? Well, that's drinking all the water you want, all the coffee you want, it's just not having food. Yeah, it's basically 72 hours is when it really turns on the protective mechanisms and there's a lot of book and research actually done right here in New York. One of the premier researchers on this topic is right here, and, and they are able to measure these things now. And like a lot of things where we basically had to do uh, new medicine and wait 10 years to get a result, now that you can just swab the mouth and measure someone's epigenetic age and biological age with something called the Horvath clock, you can tell. Like, for example, somebody's 60 and they can then have a age of 55 in their biological age. Or you can be 60 and have a biological age of uh, 70. So we need to attack age because instead of tackling 50 different diseases, our goal is to, again, die young at an old age and try to reduce our age. And now there's a whole list of things that that we're learning that we can do to help extend life. And we're learning about things like senolytics. Senolytics basically are, are drugs that go after zombie cells. And our cells that are dying are associated with inflammation, are associated with Alzheimer's and other diseases. And now there are medicines and actually over-the-counter things that people are working on like quercetin, fisetin. And these things are showing to go after these what they call zombie cells that are basically dying, but they're not quite dead and they generate a lot of inflammation in the body. We're learning the importance of the gut and the microbiome and the diversity of all the organisms that live in our intestine. There's actually a test now called the OMBRE test, O-M-B-R-E, and people, you can send in a sample, a small stool sample, a swab, and it'll tell you what's in your gut, what the diversity of your intestine, and they can predict whether different diseases that you might have just based on what's in your intestine. And as we've talked about in the past, we found out through DNA analysis of stool, for example, there are thousands of viruses and bacteria that coexist with us, and some of them actually help us to break down foods and to kill bad bacteria. We also talked about a blood test that will tell you your age and predict even when you're going to die called Inside Tracker, and there's a test called Inner Age, and that's available. We also talked how we want to help our audience stay alive. There's even a test now, a gallery test by Grail that you can uh, basically with two tubes of blood, when they draw your blood, they can check for 50 cancers before they even start. It's like a liquid biopsy. The whole country of the United Kingdom is actually uh, doing it on a mass scale. So their theory is if you catch it early, let's say you're a woman and it, it spots ovarian cancer cells before they even show up on an MRI. So you know things to watch out for. So, for example, it might show up that I have a pancreatic cancer cell, then you would scan and watch for it, and as soon as it came up, you'd immediately attack it. And, and they have a it. website if we want to get that uh, test done? Yeah, you. It's the uh, if you just Google gallery test by Grail, G-A-L-L-E-R-I, and it, and it shows up. And then the other test to find out what your real age is is inside tracker, and then the uh, gut test to learn about what's going on in your intestine and your intestinal health, it's the OMBRE, O-M-B-R-E. So these things are out there, but we want to tell our audience about things that are cutting edge and on the uh, forefront of things. And uh, actually, I think I may have had my first uh, say where I told somebody to get it, and it turned out that this person showed up positive for ovarian, and they went for a test, and it looks like they have an early stage that's on their ovary, and they're going to have surgery, and it looks like that may have saved their life. So that's uh, that's what happens, and that's actually one of our loyal listeners on WABC, too. So it's exciting that all these things are happening, and that's why we have to be careful what we wish for when people attack uh, American research companies and pharma companies, because without R&D money and research money, we wouldn't have all these amazing things. That without warp speed, without warp speed, we would not have a lot of things. Uh, without warp speed, we would have been in big trouble. And uh, thank God now we're in a different place because we have these amazing monoclonal antibodies. And the latest one from Eli Lilly seems to work very well against this new uh, Omicron and subvariant mixture. And we also have the oral antivirals, which we hope to be readily available, and also 
We now have COVID.gov that they put out, which is nice because on it, our audience, if somebody gets it, they have now one of the ideas we talked about months ago on WABC is the, tr- the, the test to treat centers, meaning remember we talked about how test right away and get treatment. Yes. So now they have those test to treat centers and you just put in your zip code on COVID.org and they are all over the United States. So we are making uh, tremendous progress. Dr. Peter, thank you for everything you do for uh, the listeners of WABC. God bless you, and and God bless America. Thank you so much. Thanks for always getting the truth out, and you have your great sidekick, Lydia, there, who's the powerhouse. (laughs) Yes, yes, and she's also reading my messages for me. (laughs) Thank you so much. An extra pair of eyeballs. That's coming, too, with the OSK gene therapy in the next few years, revitalizing and refreshing eyeballs from glaucoma and retinal problems, and they're going to start human clinical trials in the next three years. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless. Have Write that down, that. John. We need to know that. We need that. For me and me and David need that. Lydia, what else we hear? So May 23rd, expect a big uh, influx of more migrants at the border, the reversal of Title 42, Judge Weinberg. What does it mean? Nobody knows what Title okay. 42 is. Okay, very simple. Title 42 gave the United States government the ability to take people who illegally crossed the border and send them back immediately without hearings, without any kind of process. They had that right. That's going away. That means you can have hundreds of thousands of people flooding the border and they're all going to be entitled to due process hearings. It's they're going to be allowed to just come simple as bad as that. That's so, it. So first, the, the Congress wants to make legalize uh, marijuana. Right. And then China is going to continue to, to uh, uh, wrap marijuana with fentanyl with, Correct. The, with the gangs in Mexico. Then they're going to lay more of those people in. So they're going to, they're going to, they're going to dumb us up we already had 170,000 last, last mean, month. Yeah. The immigration judge, problem is uh, awful. Judge, uh, governor, I mean, you can't make this crap up. No, but the problem, of course, is that a lot of harm is done and there's very little that we can do to stop it until there's a change of regime. Well, I hope the U.S. Senate has some common sense. The elder statesman of the country, stop dumbing up our country. Stop attacking our country. It's not sustainable. And, it's crazy. Protect don't, our borders. Protect our borders and don't make those kids dumber. And Well, thank you, uh, <laughs> Judge Weinberg. Thank you, Governor Patterson. Thank you, John. And you always thank have you, vision, Lydia Governor. And, <laughs> and, and, and everybody remember, we're still taking donations for the Ukraine. Uh, go to WABCradio.com. Go to donations for the Ukraine and give uh, $5, $10, $100, whatever you want. And... Uh, and we can help the people for Ukraine. We're donating the money to Goya, which is giving us the food at wholesale prices for the people of Ukraine. God bless America. Thank you so much. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.